Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. Today you know it as Hanukkah. It was not one of the feasts God established in the Old Testament, but that's okay. It was a feast that began during the period of time between the Testaments, a festival to celebrate the cleansing and rededication of the temple. After a time, it had been taken away from the Jews and desecrated. They had triumphed over their enemies, and so it was a festival of great joy. So at this festival... They remembered that. The people's thoughts were of victory and freedom. So when they saw Jesus this day, they tried to put two and two together. For they were now living under the political dominion of Rome. And people were saying that Jesus was the Christ So was Jesus going to do for them now what had been done for them then? Was he going to be the Christ, the Messiah, to give them victory and freedom over Rome? How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Well, Jesus said, I did. I told you, and you do not believe. Why not? Because he was not the kind of Christ they wanted. So what usually happens in a situation like that, when things aren't exactly as we want or hope, is that first we often just hear what we want to hear. But if not that, then two, we reinterpret what we hear but don't like. Make it fit the way we want things to be. Or third, we ignore what we don't want to hear, what doesn't fit the way we want things to be. So Jesus had told them that he was the Christ, that this is the reason why he had come into the world, and that he was this kind of Christ, not a political savior, not to establish a kingdom in this world and life, but to give eternal life, to lay down his life for the forgiveness of sins, to rescue us not from Caesar and Rome, but from sin and death. But that's not what they had in mind. Not really what they wanted. They heard what he said, but didn't want to follow that kind of Christ to that kind of kingdom in that kind of way. And it is something that is still happening today. 
Today, too, lots of people hear the word of God. Lots of people hear of Jesus and his word. But, well, that's not really how I want to live. What I want to do. So, as Jesus said, they hear but do not believe. They hear but do not follow. Or they hear only what they want to hear, reinterpret what they don't like, and ignore what they don't want to hear. They make Jesus into the kind of Savior they want him to be, instead of the Savior he is. That's the tail wagging the dog. They want Jesus to follow them where they lead, do what they want, rather than the other way around. We do it too. Let's not just point fingers at others. Aren't there things in the scriptures you don't like? Things you wish were different? Commandments, teachings, instruction? Uh, Let's be honest, that you overlook, ignore, disregard. Because, well, things are different now. Right? So maybe it's whether or not women can be pastors. Or God's design for sexual activity to be between one biological man and one biological woman joined in marriage. Or maybe it's to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. To forgive those who sin against you, and not just a couple of times. To honor your father and mother, and the earthly authorities God placed over you. And that's just a few examples, some of the hot-button issues in our world today. Because I don't want to do that. I don't want that, I want this. And wouldn't it be better if if God did things our way? You know, modernize. Change with the times. And so instead of conforming our lives to the word of God, conform the word of God to our lives. That's what we want, isn't it? That's what the sin in us wants. To make ourselves the authority. To make ourselves... God. But where does that lead? You can look around at our world today and see the havoc in people's lives, identity crises, family crises, ever-increasing polarization, power struggles, vilification, marginalization, isolation, hate, People being robbed of life. Because what we think is good may not be good at all. What we think we want may wind up being not what we wanted at all. It's what we need. We need a word to point out the dangers we can't see. 
from someone who knows what they're talking about. So I think of the people who want to go swimming in the Potomac up at Great Falls. The water there looks so good because they can't see the current beneath the surface that will sweep them away. Or people who go skiing up in the mountains after a new snowfall and it looks so perfect. All the new pristine snow but they don't realize that right above them is an avalanche waiting to unleash on them. And the problems in our world today, in our lives today, because we didn't listen, or we listened to the wrong voices, and things didn't work out, didn't give us what we wanted, didn't take us to where we wanted to be. So things are a mess. So the good shepherd comes. He who knows the good pastures and the good waters. Follow me, he says. And you know what we say? Hey, that pasture looks good. That water looks clear. Let's go there. Let's do that. (laughs) but he knows better follow me he says there are predators there there is poison there there is danger there to your soul oh maybe you'll survive for a while maybe things will even seem to get better for a bit but it won't last in the end is ruin and death. So I said we needed a word to show us the dangers that we don't see, that we don't realize from someone who knows what they're talking about. But does Jesus know what he's talking about? The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, Jesus said. They bear witness that what I do, what I say, where I lead is, in fact, good. The sight to the blind, the hearing to the deaf, the walking to the lame, the cleansing to the lepers, life for the dead, cleaning up the mess in this world. But that's not what I came to do That is all a witness. It bears witness about me, about what I did come to do. Because there's a greater mess, a more deadly mess that I have come to save you from. For I have come to give not just life here and now to heal one disease only to have you succumb to another, To fix you one way, only have you breaking in another. What good is that? I have come to give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. That's the kind of Christ, the kind of Savior I am. Now that's a pretty bold claim. 
But the empty tomb that we celebrate this Easter season shows that it is not an empty claim. That there is one who conquered death. That there is one who really can give a life that is eternal. The one who came to clean up the mess in our souls with his atonement for our sins. To heal us from the inside out. The one who promises, as we sang earlier, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life doesn't mean that you will have no trouble and an easy life. But that, as he said earlier in that psalm, that when you walk through that valley, the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with you. It doesn't mean that there won't be evil, but when there is evil around, his rod and his staff, they comfort you. He is with you. In the presence of my enemies, we sang, even there is his table before me to provide for me and strengthen me. And not that I won't wander and go to those good-looking pastures and sin, but that when I do, he restores my soul with his forgiveness. For the Lord is my shepherd. Not in a perfect world or a world that is progressing toward perfection. If that were the case, we wouldn't need a shepherd. He is a good shepherd for not good sheep. A good shepherd, my shepherd, in a sinful, imperfect, struggling, evil, and hurtling toward death world. God didn't stay away in disgust because of what we had done. He came. He came into it. He was born for us. He was born as one of us to save us. And he has. That reading from Revelation giving us a glimpse of that victory today, that great multitude of those who have already passed through the valley of the shadow of death and came out Alive because of their shepherd. The one who blazed that path through death and takes us through it with himself. The one who died with us that we might rise with him to that life that is not a mess where there is no more hunger, no more thirst, No more heat of persecution or tribulation. No more tears, only life. Life as it was meant to be. Life the Lord wants for you. For us to be with him in peace. That is the kind of Christ he is and he told us plainly. In his life, in his death and with his empty tomb. To give us life for more than just a hundred years or so. To give us hope greater than just what our small minds can think of. To give us what is truly good. And not just what I think is 
good for me for now. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. That word know is so much bigger than just what's in your mind. It is that, but it's more than that. It's a husband and wife word. It's a bride and bridegroom word. It's a unity word. He knows you because he has united himself to you and you to him. You were baptized into him and he into you. So he's going to take care of you as he takes care of himself. Where you go, he goes. And where he goes, you go. They follow me. And I hold on to them. He's not going to let you go or divorce you or forsake you. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Even if maybe at times it seems that way. His word, his life, his death, and his empty tomb teach us otherwise. That he really is a good shepherd. Our good shepherd. My good shepherd. Shepherd. And he sets his table here for you today to come and eat in the presence of our enemies, in the midst of a world that has less and less room and desire for this kind of Christ and his truth. In the midst of those fierce wolves Paul was talking about and men speaking twisted things. Here, Jesus feeds you with his word, with his forgiveness, with his body and blood, and he holds on to you. Because that's the kind of Christ he is. Faithful. With you. With you in life. With you in death. With you in good days. With you in bad days. With you in joys. With you in sorrows with you in ease, with you in trials, with you. Because you're going to have all those things. But they are not greater than he. They did not overcome him, so they will not overcome you. He and his father are one, he said. And he made himself one with you. So we can leave this place today in confidence and live. Live in confidence and joy knowing that whatever comes, however it comes, whenever it comes, your life is secure. You belong to him. Hear his voice. Follow where he leads and rejoice. For Christ is risen. You have a good shepherd. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.